You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. It was a, a while back when I learned that, you know, Jesus died for all of our sin, and then it says, and that he despised the shame. He took our shame, too. So when he took the sin, he took the shame that went with the sin. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today, joined by two special guests. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Averroa. Jose, thanks for being here. As always. Absolutely. And the special speaker from this past Sunday's message, the one and only Mary Dunn. Mary, thanks for being here. Thank you. We are continuing a Peace and Exile series. And one of the things personally I've been loving about uh, just this series is not only the different angles that we get to see and identify the way that peace uh, that people have experienced peace in exile, but even just the speakers and just, we've had just an array of speakers. So Mary, you did a great job on Sunday. And yes, so I'm excited did. to sit down and kind of just pick your brain a little bit more and just to kind of see uh, more more of your thoughts on all this. So I want to start first with just kind of zooming out on the series itself. What are your thoughts on the Peace in Exile series? Maybe some things God's teaching you. I love kind of how you explain the backstory of picking Jesus as your prophet, but I'd love to even hear kind of your overall thoughts on, on the series. Yeah, you entered the cheat code. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's that right. was the one cheat code. Yeah, well, I just, um, like I said, when Sean was here a couple weeks ago and said, you know, I'm not as comfortable with the Old Testament, I was like, oh, yay, you know, <laughs> he's a real pastor. And if he said it, then it must be okay to say it because I felt the same way. Um, I love the Old Testament and um, I love the things that happen in the Old Testament. But I was cautiously concerned about peace in exile because I think of the Israelites and I'm thinking they were never at peace and it seems like they were always in exile. (laughs) And I thought, you know, surely somebody's got to come through the other side, you know? So when I started praying about it and the Lord said, well, what about me? I mean, I said, well, um, A, you don't, (laughs) you weren't in the (laughs) Old Testament, although they talked about you. And, uh, and, and, you know, B, I'm not sure about the whole prophet exile thing. So that's what kicked off the study of that. That's awesome. I love, and I'll pick up on that last point about Jesus in exile. That was one thing I loved kind of you expounding on, not only from heaven, but from Nazareth to the cross. So mm. uh, I know that's something you may have heard people saying that they hadn't thought of it that way before, kind of the yeah, exile Yeah, it was interesting, the feedback. Um, several people said, you know, it never occurred to me that Jesus was in exile. And to be real honest, when I started studying it, studying for the message, I always thought of the cross. Yeah. But then, um, okay, so I'll tell you one little funny thing that I thought of. Well, when I thought of just Jesus on the cross, and then I thought, well, wait a minute. You know, he came from heaven. So mm-hmm. bummer that he had to come to earth, you know, and then be exiled in earth. So, so that kind of came up. Well, when I was thinking about that, I remember sitting there one day going, poor Lazarus. I mean, he died. He was in heaven. (laughs) Jesus came back and and Jesus came and said, Mm. come on back. I think Lazarus said, no, no, I'm good. Just go comfort my sisters. I just (laughs) as soon stay here. Thank you very much. But, um, But yeah, it occurred to me, you know, Jesus was in heaven with his father and, and was sent, you know, and so that had to be huge. And then his own people. And like I said, you know, some of his family members who called him crazy, actually, a couple, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think he got the ultimate exile, the 
physical, the emotional, and the spiritual exile. Not that we all haven't felt that at some time, but I, I feel like he, same reason why he came down to be human, so that he could understand us. He now knows, I mean, we know that he knows the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual exile that we all feel. That's what struck me most when you were going through those three different exiles that Jesus lived through, because I've heard it said before by a few people that Jesus has gone through every hurt, wound, abandonment, anything that we have felt that is not from God, Jesus endured for us Mm -hmm. on his time on earth. And so one of the scariest feelings for me is feeling alone, feeling isolated, feeling abandoned. Mm -hmm. Um, I love being around people. I love a good conversation. I have a harder time when I'm just on my own. I need it. I now know that and I'm, I'm getting better at it. But thinking about Jesus being exiled, that brings me comfort. And, and, I, and I know it brings others um, tremendous peace because mm-hmm. when we realize that Jesus has gone through and we're rejected, when we're abandoned, when we're denied, when we're, you know, separated, mm-hmm. Jesus went through those very same things so that what you said, we would never be exiled, exiled again. ever again. And you said ever again, I believe, yeah. Or, yeah. or again, yeah. because our sin is what exiles us. Right. So that that's where we a, started. That's a profound statement. Mm -hmm. I thought that was uh, uh, brilliant the way that you set it up and then delivered it and um, hit home personally. Thanks. Well, the the Jesus being exiled so that we would never be exiled again, I think, I know, stem from the fact that, you know, we are born in Adam, so we are born into sin and here on a fallen earth. And so until we meet Jesus and accept him, we are in exile. Mm-hmm. We we are it, the same exile as he is. We we are exiled from heaven, um, although we hadn't been there yet. We are exiled from from family, you know, from God's family in heaven, and we're exiled from our true Father. And then when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and I I hope I said this. I I know that I thought it during my um, preparation is that. You know, our peace is to and through Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, and it's it's in that that we get to live in peace here on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, our our eternal life starts when we accept Him, and that's what some mm-hmm. of those scriptures said. You know, that anyone who believes in Him should have eternal life. I mean, as soon as we believe in Him, we get to start living our eternal life um, with Him. And that, that for me, brings a lot of hope because in, like you say, in hard seasons, you know, right now, um, for me personally, I'm living through a hard season with my folks as they get older and and uh, my dad, you know, going through dementia and no longer knows me and those kind of things. That's a hard thing mm. to go through. And... Um, I just look at Jesus and say, I'll see him again. That's right. I'll see you, you know, and and I am going to live honored um, under, you know, the covenant that that he made with me, that God made with me during this time on earth because the things that I, I'm honored to walk through for my parents are hard, but um, I'm at peace with it. Hmm. You know, I've been chosen for this time to walk through this with them. And um, it will uh, it will never be a burden. So 
I'm sorry, I got got off track. No, there. <laughs> no, so good. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, one of the things I'd love to kind of ask you about and get both of y'all's opinions on is just kind of the the simplicity of your message. If there was one word that summed up your entire message, it would be believe. And mm. I love one question you kind of asked, which is what is our part of the peace process? So you explain kind of all that Jesus had done, going through exile, dying on the cross, raising again, and then we have one part that we get to play as far as one thing that we can control and that we can be a part of. So I just wonder kind of what's kind of the power behind that simple message, just as far as you communicated that, just that one word, just believe to people. Because it is that simple. And I, I'm, I guess I'm just really simple <laughs> because when you talked, Jose, about at the beginning of this series about, you know, God giving you the word peace. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I too have been doing that one word a year thing for many, many years and I ask for that word so that I have one thing to do, mm. and I don't get it all mixed and mingled and in the tangle of everything with life. So I can just look at one thing and and reach back and be anchored in that one thing. And I've chosen, and I think that's really important because it is a choice, but I've chosen to be anchored in belief. Um, and I work with clients, you know, as a as a coach, and there there are clients that I deal with, and one just recently who who said right said out loud, "I have anchored my things to things of my past." Wow! And it was a great awareness, and but it's not necessarily healthy. Right, absolutely. <laughs> What's more healthy is to anchor yourself mm-hmm. into something that is current and relevant and healthy in the now, and that's belief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. think of Hebrews 11, one, faith is being sure of what you hope for and mm-hmm. certain of what you, you cannot can see. see. And Jesus is all of those things. Mm-hmm. He is our hope and we can't see him. Uh, my kids ask me all the time, oh, why can't, is Jesus always, Micah said this uh, two weeks ago, is Jesus always going to be invisible? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So there are things that, 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 you know, or go beyond our understanding. I also love that verse in Philippians 4. When we pray, when we when we respond in that belief and, and give God our worries and our anxieties, He in return is faithful to give us peace. And it says, in your mind, um, you will have peace in your mind and, and in thought. And so I love how He promises those things. And, and it is simple. It's so important to remember how simple it is that all He wants us to do is believe in Him. Mm. I think sometimes uh, we water that down in, in saying, well, I don't need to go or do, or, you know, pastors just want to add on to the simple message of just having faith in, in Christ. I'm a Christian because I believe in Jesus and that's good enough. But but I also think that then we're not really talking about what believing means. Because mm-hmm. if you truly believe all the things that you said yesterday, if you believe in the message of the gospel that Jesus was God incarnate among us and he bore the payment of our sin so that we no longer had to pay that price, if that was real, we have no choice but to act and respond 
and and live out of that joy and peace. That's right. And if it doesn't mess with us, then I, I I'll, I've told you know as a student pastor, I'll I'll tell students, well that just means spend more time seeking Jesus, because mm-hmm. I was there too. Mm-hmm. I knew the thing. I knew going to church, but it didn't become real until my sin was really real. See, I wasn't ready to deal with my sin, but it wasn't until I realized the weight of my sin that then I realized the weight of his glory and that changed everything Mm -hmm. for me. So it's simple and then it gets intense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, Jose, what you said, one of the things is until we recognize our sin, until we really recognize our sin. And the thing about that is we don't even realize, I think sometimes that we're bearing that weight, that we're carrying that. And if we don't hear the gospel in simple terms, and I wrote this down when I was um, praying earlier, I think confusion reigns in um, a lot of expanded interpretations and add-ons. I think confusion reigns in that. And for us to to break it down and be super simple, that's when everything else can fall away, when there's only one thing, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so I don't don't know that, and I was like you, I, I had the whole religion thing down. What I didn't have was the relationship down, and I was carrying the sin and shame and guilt, I had it all, you yeah. know, was carrying that around. And until we release that, it's hard to stay in a place of peace and and, and joy, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, that's so good. I'd love to kind of expound on that. And I love your uh, illustration you gave of the two thieves on the cross, right? As far as going back to that story and just <laughs> yes. sharing how, again, how simple it was that you said it mm-hmm. wasn't like he got baptized or said the sinner's prayer. Like it was simply that believe. I'd love to kind of ask a question from a different take though, which is what about listeners who may be finding themselves, they may not be as harsh as the other thief on the other side of Jesus, but they maybe are just having a hard time believing. Like you say, okay, it's coming down to your part of believing, but they've just gone through a lot of hard stuff in life or they just have a lot of doubts and a lot of questions. And so I just would love to hear both of y'all's kind of uh, maybe just kind of answer or just encouragement to someone that's just having a hard time belief uh, believing as far as in, in who Jesus is or, or kind of what he's done for them. Yeah, that's hard because change is hard. Yeah. And I recently saw this quote and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it Here was the message of it. Some of us stay in hell because we've learned the road names. We have become so comfortable in our discomfort. And so to leave a place of familiarity is very difficult for some people, very difficult for all people. And so the pain of change Mm -hmm. has to be less than the pain of remaining the same. And, you know, I remember my son saying one time to me when he was young, Mom, he came from a thing in church, yeah. yeah. And he said, Mom, I want to have a gutter to glory testimony. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, here's the problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> S- 
some of us get in the gutter and mm-hmm. can't find our way out. That's it. And it's so difficult. So, you know, Taylor, I wish that there was an easy answer mm-hmm. to moving beyond our pain and to the place of turning it over. And the only word that I can come up with that I had to go through was surrender. Mm -hmm. And that is such a difficult word for some people because their pride, our pride Mm -hmm. gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And, but here's what I believe about pride. (laughs) I mean, that's the root of all sin. When we think we can do something different, something better, we don't need what He is offering. And so for those folks who are struggling, I would honestly say it is a function of getting to a quiet place. And if you're one of the kind of people like I am that write, write down all your struggles, Hmm. write down all the pain, and just know that you know, Jesus went through all that. And he he didn't build our bodies to carry that. We are not created to carry that. We're created to take the gifts and talents that he gave us. Those are gifts to us. We are created to take the gifts and talents that he gave us, bring them to full bloom through the Holy Spirit and offer them back to him. And everything else is just a waste of time. I'm going to replay that a few times <laughs> later on. I'm really glad um, that you mentioned writing things down because what came to my mind is taking an inventory. Mm. And not only of, of, of those things, although I think that's brilliant. Write all your pains down, write your worries and anxieties, but also take a moment because those are all focused on self. Take a moment and seek God and ask him, where were you then? Yes. And when we do that, when we look back and we just have to pause and think, mm-hmm. we start seeing that he was right there. We had no idea. I had no idea in times in my life when I thought I was so far away from God <laughs> because of my stuff and and yeah. you know religion teaches you that you better act right or get your stuff right so that you can be right with God. Relationship says, no, Jesus was right there and saying, hey, I, I have a better way. Follow me. Look at mm-hmm. me. I'm, I'm, I'm your lifeguard. I'm mm-hmm. throwing you this lifesaver right now. And so mm-hmm. when, I, when, I, when, when it dawns on me that Jesus was there, I remember that passage that speaks that no one comes to the Father except the one who draws him. Well, we also know that the Father wants all to be saved. Right. He gave his only son to save the entire world, not just a select few. He gives us all his grace freely. It's just up to us to open up our eyes and, mm-hmm. and realize that that, yeah. that was you, God. And I also think that, you know, praying for those who we don't believe, you know, are saved yet, um, that was put on my heart years ago. Um, and to pray for those that we know that are that are struggling. And some of us can't have relationships with those people, but um, we can pray for them. And then the people that we do know that are struggling, we can, you know, reach out to them and and just be a listening ear. You know, so, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, y'all both brought up kind of just reflecting on the past. And I know this may be a loaded question, but I'd love to kind of get y'all's take on just the idea of guilt and shame and just how easily those can, as I, as I reflect on my past, how easily those can creep in. So what are ways that you kind of guard yourself against those? And how do you respond when you begin to kind of find yourselves getting into that kind of just trap of guilt and shame? Mm-hmm. Well, um, as we were visiting before, I... I believe guilt and shame are two very different things. I believe that when we feel guilty about something that, in fact, that could be the Holy Spirit, you know, saying Conviction. That, conviction, yeah. right, about something that we've done, said, or thought that didn't align with God. So that can be conviction. Shame is um, making it more about who you are instead of what you did. And it was a, a while back when I learned that, you know, Jesus died for all of our sin, and then it says, and that he despised the shame. He took our shame too. Mm -hmm. So when he took the sin, he took the shame that went with the sin. So if we choose to hang on to the shame, that's not him doing that. That's That's us doing that. And as I mentioned, there was, you know, a time where I, in reflection, would ask for forgiveness over a same sin type of thing, right? And because a lot of us do the same thin sin multiple times. It's not like we do one sin and then we never do that again once sure. we confess, confess it. Maybe three days later we're going, hey, it's me again, and by the way. Um, <laughs> so, right? So, but the shame of that sin was taken when he took our sin. Mm-hmm. And um, that is a, a weight that again, we were not meant to carry. Mm-hmm. We were not meant to carry. And sometimes I talked with a, a very good friend of mine who was dealing with that. And I said, you know, I think maybe we ought to put all of our shame in a bucket because we weren't meant to carry it anyway. And some of us, you know, just for, forgot or never knew that Jesus took that to the cross in scripture. So we just fill our bucket with the shame that we have over past sins and we take it to the foot of the cross and we leave our bucket at the foot of the cross and we walk away. I said, mm-hmm. now here's the trick. I said, believe it or not, that bucket is gonna show up somewhere in your home yeah. because it shows back up occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I said, and every time you see it, you bring it back to the cross and back to the cross and eventually that shame goes away mm-hmm. because he takes it. It's our, it's just our mind needing to really release that. It's the sanctification process. It's uh, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing journey for all of us. And yeah, you're right. It's all done. It is finished. And when I think about my uh, journey through that. I think about the way I now see my kids as a dad, and I do not. See, I, I'm very, I'm very aware of my kids' shortcomings, especially whenever <laughs> I ask them to do something and they disobey right then and there. And we have a lot more of that recently with a two and a three year old, um, you know, little boy. The girls were more obedient. There's something there. I don't know. These boys, um, you know, they're growing up and they're they're showing their independence, which is great. But I don't see them as bad kids. I don't. And I think sometimes we think that God sees us as bad kids. I think he, we, we see ourselves as maybe, you know, these kids that will never add up. The, the truth is that God sees us as his beloved. He sees us as his prized possessions. He's proud of who he made us in his image. He, he knew what he was doing. We are not a mistake. And so when we start seeing ourselves in the same way that we 
that, that he sees us, that that's a game changer. And there goes the shame because mm-hmm. what you said, I love it. I love what you said. Shame is um, really about these lies that we welcome in about who we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we focus on what he says about us, then that, that mm-hmm. does away with that. But it takes belief. It mm-hmm. takes belief and it takes uh, an awareness of taking self out and then saying, all right, Lord, in relationship, I'm coming to you. What do you, who do you say I am? Well, and Taylor, when you said about the thief on the cross and I said, you know, let's look at what that guy did mm-hmm. and, um, and actually what he didn't do, right? So he, it wasn't about him to say the sinner's prayer. It wasn't, right. or it wasn't about him to um, be baptized. It wasn't about him to return the stereo, which I doubt it was a stereo, but um, (laughs) the point is that when we start making it about us, Mm -hmm. then we are watering down the gospel of Jesus Christ because Mm -hmm. it's about Him and what He did. And I think, I hope the point, one of the points that came across was that our peace is to and through Him. That's really, really good. I'd love to kind of give you the last word, Mary, as we close up and love to hear your thoughts on this. And even maybe just some of the the thought behind the title, The Path to Peace, as you kind of titled your message as we close. Well, gosh, I wish that there was, you know, some really great tip that I could um, give you. But I carry these notebooks for... <laughs> Jose has seen me in church. Every Sunday, I have these little... It's very intimidating (laughs) when I see you taking notes. (laughs) I always have a spiral notebook, and it's very uh, just... It's kind of weird, but the front of the notebook, I start... The front is my prayer journal, and then I start in the back with notes from my church service. So eventually, they meet in the middle, and I have to start a new notebook. But what I do is, as I'm listening to the other messages, I'm writing notes that I think you know, the Lord would have me use at some point in time. And, or I draw pictures or whatever. And I had three different titles to this message Hmm. um, before I wrote on a piece of paper somewhere, The Path to Peace. And that sounds so simple. And I guess I I needed it to be simple. (laughs) It's simple. It's simple. It's good. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.